0: I do feel that, like, in our co-parenting triad of an emotional podcast baby <laughs> relationship that we do tend to take turns being the one to whip out the first repair attempt, I suppose, yeah. and moving yeah. conflict towards something constructive.
1: That's why three is nice sometimes, because then yeah. two people are, like, kind of arguing us that the third one can be like, hey...
2: On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about getting your fights back on track with repair attempts, or... Or maybe derailing a fight is better, or is the relationship the train and the derailings the fight, and you want to get it back on track? I'm not quite sure about this metaphor. I'm that <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> but when arguing with a partner, sometimes the conversation can get out of hand, can spiral out of control, or lead to destructive behaviors that harm the relationship without resolving the problem. Today, we're going to be talking about what it looks like when fights are getting out of hand, as well as how to both give and receive repair attempts in order to successfully de escalate those conflicts and get yourselves back on the train tracks of your relationship.
0: So, we're going to teach nice. you how to be a train repairman today, or repair person, really. Repair it doesn't person, really matter what gender you are, a repair that, person.
1: That just reminds me of uh, uh, Spirit Tracks, the the Not little a, Zelda uh, game. game. Yeah. Zelda game on Oh drop <laughs> Zelda drop a train on him, as I used to call it. Sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was a cute game, actually. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's a fun one. Mm-hmm.
0: So repairs. First of all, I'm going to clarify that what we're talking about today is different from repair shop which is a framework for processing after a fight, which we covered in episode 234. So if you want more information about processing and reconnecting after a fight or argument, go check out episode 234. So y'all, how do you know when a conflict in your relationship or with someone that you care about is starting to get out of hand or going to a bad place? Like how early do you know? Or like, what are the signs that let you know this is not going to go good? I think that's the challenge
2: is detecting it earlier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and that sometimes people's thresholds are different for mm. that time at which it's like bad or not. So, right. it, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It can be hard to maneuver, but definitely if maybe voices start getting a little more raised or heated or a, a like angry retort is thrown in there. Um, mm-hmm. some, I don't know, spicy language, something <laughs> along those lines.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I line. think being maybe a little more curt or a little Definitely. bit more spiky. See, you go for spicy, I go for spiky. That's spiky, how it feels yeah. in my, in my body.
2: Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. And I guess for me, it's also, there's like a feeling mm-hmm. in my body. It's kind of hard to explain. I tend to feel it in like my upper chest and my shoulders. That's like. I don't know, like almost like a like a vibratiness or something. That's like I'm I'm like excited. I'm like more in like attack mode, and it's not mm. a good it's not a good feeling. Um, and I think that that's usually when I start to notice some of those other things we're talking about, like the spiky slash spicy language, or <laughs> maybe more uh, jibby jabs, as I like to call them. You know, little. Kind of a dig along with the thing that you're saying. Like when I start to notice those, I'll often kind of check in and I'll notice that I feel that kind of extra vibratory kind of excited. I hate that I'm using the word vibrate for for this, well, but yeah, I feel like my tone gets more shallow. Yeah, so like yeah, yeah,
1: yeah you have yeah. to be a little bit. I don't know. It, it, when you're relaxed, it comes easily. But mm-hmm. when you get in that place, like. It stops becoming so uh, normal and it gets to a place where you kind of have to, like, think about it a little bit more and be like, "Okay, I I need to calm myself down in this moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I know for me, it's very much like body tension, like Mm -hmm. like I feel like especially like my stomach and chest muscles really tightening Mm. up, almost kind of like that's deflecting off or getting ready to deflect off an attack of some kind.
2: Yeah. And yeah, Yeah. Emily, you pointed out. Sorry, like a tightness in the corners of the mouth, too. Like sort of a, a drawing tight of the, of the face. I guess similarly for, for better re- punching. I don't know. <laughs> for better, <like, laughs> better punching? To, to like, receive a, a punch? Or... Yeah, I guess maybe to like your face will protect itself against punches by tensing <laughs> up. I don't know. I don't know how it works. There's like involuntary like,
0: muscles
1: within our bodies, I guess, that just yes. kind of tense up. Like yeah. ver- verbal yes.
2: punching, obviously, not, not real punching. Yeah.
0: So that's our experiences. Of course, this could be very different for different people. I think for some people, it could be when my partner starts ignoring me or stonewalling me or Mm. when I start stonewalling my partner or when I feel the urge to walk out of the room um, or, you know, raised voices is fine, but it's not until someone drops the first F-bomb that that's when I know things are not going into a good place. You know, everyone has their different cues, I think, in their own bodies and their own experiences, as well as what they see happening with the other person that can cue them into knowing like, ooh, this is maybe starting to spiral.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about a couple other ways uh, that you see that a disagreement is starting to sort of spiral out of control. Um, I was guilty of this one a couple months ago with my partner, Switch Tracking, which we talked about in episode 168, but it's essentially changing the subject. So like one person's reaction to the other person's feedback ends up changing the subject. For example, yeah, my partner and I were talking, I guess I I, I did, um, I said something to him that kind of hurt his feelings and made him feel shitty. And then I switched tracks and was like, well, but you didn't do the dishes. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> but but I know, yeah, I, I, I sort of like flipped into an additional uh, grievance that I had with him in that moment even though he was talking about something completely different so yeah if you want to learn more about that subject go back to episode 168 communication hacks booster pack where we talk all about switch tracking
2: yeah i think it's kind of like it's not usually just an abrupt change of topic but i criticized you and now the criticism is a my return criticism is about how you criticized me or something like mm-hmm. that, where you're sort of, you end up talking about two different things, kind of having two different arguments at the same time. Uh, next one is interrupting. And this could be either just one person always talking over the other, or it could be both constantly jumping in and not letting each other finish thoughts. Similarly, emotional escalation. So this is when When you kind of have that feeling of suddenly being overcome by anger or sadness or something like that, where it's just like those feelings come up a lot stronger than what the content of the argument was about is a good sign that things are escalating to the point past the actual subject you're even talking about.
0: Yeah, so that could happen in a moment where it feels like, oh, yeah, something my partner just said struck a nerve. Either, mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. quite appropriately or maybe not quite appropriately. Uh, that can also be tied to if you're noticing activation in your body or in your nervous system. So that's things like if you're noticing your palms getting sweaty or your muscles tightening or Jace vibrating <laughs> or your yeah, yeah, shallow right. breathing. Yeah, shallow breathing, sweating. The Gottmans are very much sticklers about if your heart rate gets over 100 beats per minute or 90 beats per minute, if you're very much in shape, that that's probably a good indicator or good chances are good that something's going to take a horrible left turn, you're going to stonewall or you're going to explode or something like that. Check For some on your people, Apple Watch real quick. And yeah, I was like just going to say, I'm, yeah, I'm like, how that, do you know? Now, <laughs> now that so, so many
2: people have Apple Watches or Fitbits or whatever, like sometimes if, if Dedeker and I start having a heated conversation, I'll like check my Fitbit real quick. <laughs> be like, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm flooded. I'm over a hundred. No, actually, you can don't. do that
0: on your phone since a lot of phones have like <laughs> that fingerprint heart or right. like heart rate sensor as well. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way, just by sticking your two fingers up under your jaw there. There's a lot of ways to take your heart rate. Mm -hmm. Uh, For some people, there's also certain physical manifestations of PTSD. If something related to your PTSD or trauma gets triggered in an argument that the body and nervous system can sometimes take over in a particular way. I do want to note, and we can go into more details about this at another time, but your body being activated and your emotions being escalated or activated are not always one and the same. Sometimes we can mistake and think like, okay, if I'm going to take a halt or take a pause during a fight, that means when I come back, I need to be feeling super great and totally calm and peaceful. And that's not necessarily true. It's important for your body to be calm or calming, but you can still be freaking angry or pissed or sad or have your emotions, you know? So they're not always exactly one and the same.
1: Another Gottman favorite are the four horsemen of the relationship apocalypse. So Uh, Any toxic criticism maybe that's coming up or contempt. Dudeker mentioned stonewalling, defensiveness or blaming, things like that. If you see that starting to come up, then definitely your or your not your relationship, but your disagreement is starting to spiral, maybe out of control. I also and yeah, I've been guilty about this regarding myself, but unceasing negativity, which can be about yourself or your partner, the relationship in general uh, the situation that you currently find yourselves in. Yeah, if that starts happening, then maybe time to, to check yourself. Yeah.
0: Another indicator can be if you're recognizing pursuit and withdrawal behaviors. So for more specifics about that, you can go check out episode 228 or 275 as well. Um, this is also another common dynamic that happens during arguments of one person kind of being the pursuer you know, who maybe very aggressively is trying to move the argument forward or move the conversation forward. And one person could be the withdrawer who's very much trying to calm the argument and stop the argument and maybe take themselves out of the argument, you know, that that can happen in a cycle. And often these are things that are indicators of like, okay, we're getting into our our familiar choreography with this, our demon dance battle, if you will. And of course, there's plenty more of these, plenty more cues, plenty more indicators. You probably know better than anybody else when an argument is headed down the toilet, as it were, headed to a not very productive place. So what do we do to stop this from happening? So today we're going to be talking about repair attempts.
2: Yeah. So what is a repair attempt? It is any kind of uh, a statement or an action. It could be silly. It could be sweet. Anything that helps to prevent the negativity from escalating out of control or helps get the conversation back on track, maybe lighten the mood just slightly.
1: It also can make your fights start feeling better. As Jay said, yeah, getting back on track, um, steers the conversation away from this sort of destructive place more towards a constructive, uh, more mutual understanding of one another. And then also you can reestablish the connection between the two of you, because, yeah, sometimes in fights, it really does feel like, oh, it's me versus them. Mm -hmm. But instead, if you're the two of you versus the problem, then this repair attempt can start heading you in that direction.
0: Yeah. So repair attempts, again, any kind of statement or action that will help you and your partner better respond to feedback and better be able to get on the same team. Like Emily was saying, it kind of shifts you out of that me versus you to the us versus the problem mentality and also help the two of you get to a place of being more receptive to finding the areas where you do agree So we're going to be talking more uh, specifically about what repair attempts actually do look like in practice and in reality. But first, let's talk about why, 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 why even do this? Why Why is this important? Why bother? Why bother? Don't you just want to bite? Bite (laughs) Biting feels so good sometimes. Not a lot of the time, but sometimes. (laughs) Um, So we're going to talk about research that's been specifically done on repair attempts within the context of conflict. So there has been a lot of research on just generally conflict resolution within relationships. So for this episode, we're only looking at a few studies. We're looking at the research that's done that has been done by Gottman Institute researchers, as well as research done by Lawrence Kurdek in the late 90s and early 2000s.
2: Researchers Janice Driver and Amber Tabaris from the Gottman Institute Looked at the behavior of couples who were either relationship masters or disasters. These are some terms that they've used for these. And basically what that means is masters are the term they used for couples they studied who stayed together and are happy in the relationship. And the disasters are the couples who either split up and or were unhappy in the relationship. So what they found in regards to this is that the happiest couples repaired at a much lower threshold of negativity. So, to phrase that another way, essentially, as the the fight would start to escalate, like, the point where it's, ooh, this is getting too far, we're going to repair this and get it back on track would happen sooner. Hmm. So... They said like a lower threshold. So I guess, yeah, like as the intensity goes up, when it clicks that meter to go, ooh, hey, let's repair this and get this back on track, that the happier couples did that sooner. What happened in the first three minutes of conflict set the tone for the rest of the conflict. So they termed this preemptive repair or repair attempts that take place within those first three minutes were the most effective for not only getting it on track, but keeping it there.
0: Jeez, first three minutes, that's not a lot of time.
2: Yeah, it's like right as no, you're starting, it's not. Let's, let's start repairing right as we're breaking.
0: But you know what? I think that makes sense anecdotally when I think about my own experience and the, also the the work that I do and also just hearing from family and friends. I think it makes sense that sometimes, especially if people have been in a long-term relationship, that sometimes you know right out the gate.
2: Yeah. Sometimes that that's it's dependent to on rough. topic. Yeah. Sometimes, you
0: know, particular topics, you're like, oh, we always fight about this one. And so, you know, but I feel like... Again, just anecdotally, that there's a lot of people who just know that right from the beginning whether or not it's going to get rough or not. Hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, and sometimes it can maneuver its way into more or less rough over the course of the conversation. But <laughs> that is an interesting thing that they found they they spoke more about their findings they said that these repairs primarily address the effective climate of the interaction aimed at establishing emotional connection rather than repairs that appealed to cognitive problem solving logic or rationality so that's right. interesting so it's about emotionally Emotions, connecting getting yeah. on the same
2: page yeah yeah and
1: i i would agree with that for sure when somebody's like trying to like rationally be like well you're wrong because of x y and z it's really annoying uh for me at least yeah so yeah they continued on and said these effective repairs include shared humor affection self disclosure expressing understanding and empathy taking responsibility for a part of the issue being discussed and we're okay codes i want to talk more about that at some point we're okay codes i like that idea a lot uh, finally, they said some specific repairs were effective during the heat of the conflict, minutes 4 to 12. And some repairs, although very few repairs, were effective in the 11th hour, that is the last three minutes of the conflict. Wow. Yeah, that does seem pretty late in the game to start a repair.
0: Yeah, so I guess we're learning that like the longer you wait to, to repair in some way with your partner, the less likely it is that it's going to be effective. Right.
1: Right? Yeah. They also said that 96% of conflict that started negatively, so had sort of like a harsh startup or a criticism, like right out the gate, they never got turned around, which makes sense, I think. That's yeah. a lot.
0: That's, I mean, that is 96%. Almost 100%. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And And that's something that we talked about a little while back in terms of how to bring up criticisms. I think we talked a little bit about the idea of the soft start. And that's Mm. not really the subject of this episode, but that's also apparently very important for this. If 96% of things that started very harshly, rather than having a soft start, never get turned around. So that's also something worth thinking. And I would almost say it's like, that soft start into a discussion is sort of like starting with a repair attempt. Yeah. Right? It's kind of within that first three minutes, we're going to start right off from a note of, I'm trying to do this in a way where we're connected and we're on the same team. So that that makes a lot of sense, actually.
1: I think that's huge, as opposed to coming at your partner with like a super combative attitude just mm-hmm. right out the gate. They can feel that, and it's probably not going to go very well. People are going to get defensive, so... But it's also,
0: it's so easy to do if you're in a moment of being angry or pissed off or frustrated or sad or whatever, that, Mm -hmm. like, you reach your boiling over point, and then it's like, oh, my God, you never do this right. And that's, like, a harsh startup, and that's probably not going to get turned around.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, finally, Kurtick's research found that eat... Each partner's level of relationship satisfaction is positively related to the frequency with which both partners use constructive strategies to resolve conflict, such as agreements, compromise, humor, and negatively related to the frequency with which each partner uses destructive strategies to resolve conflict, such as conflict engagement, withdrawal, and defensiveness. Basically, all the things that we were just talking about. kidding? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do those things. Uh, We are going to continue and talk about what repair attempts actually look like in real life and give some examples. Uh, But before that, we are going to discuss some of the ways in which you can keep the show going and make it free for listeners out there like you. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quitgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
2: For a long time now, we've been fans of AdamandEve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. So let's bring this into real life now. What do repair attempts actually look like in real life? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kidding! I, I don't. it is it is a little hard to nail down just one single answer of how this may look in your relationship conflicts because, as we said before, the definition is just any action or something that you say that moves you toward more constructive arguing or brings you back together. And that can really vary depending on your relationship, your humor styles, your personalities, what's genuine for you, all those things. However, this is something that's been categorized and studied in a lot of deal, a lot of detail by the Gottmans and something that we've talked about a lot ourselves Uh, Dedeker and I actually just the other day had a fun time going through the list of repair attempt types and trying to identify which ones we thought we used the most, things like that. So for this episode, the three of us have compiled some rough categories and examples to get you thinking and maybe even inspired to try some of these out or identify which ones might feel the most organic and natural for you to try in your fights.
0: Yes. Okay. So our first category here is the repair attempt of... Disclosing your feelings may be easier said than done, or maybe easier Mm -hmm. done than said for some people. I don't know. You know, so that includes getting vulnerable, opening up, and you'll notice that disclosing feelings is a key part of a lot of good communication frameworks like NVC or Reflecting, Or, you know, there's so many, you know, like marital therapy approaches that involve, like really come back to focusing on the emotions and on the feelings. Um, this is an important part of also having a softer startup to your conflicts, you know, like instead of going straight for you're an ass because you always do this thing. And instead <laughs> starting with, I'm feeling really overwhelmed and stressed about X, Y, and Z. So, you know, just things like I'm feeling sad or... Oof! when I heard that, that hurt my feelings or saying something like, I feel sensitive about this particular topic or I feel kind of criticized right now. Do you think that you can rephrase that? Which is interesting. I'm actually all about encouraging people to ask their partners to rephrase things if they can do it in a non shitty, non combative kind of way. Mm, So what do y'all think?
2: To imagine it, not, not hard to imagine, but I could easily see that one. I don't know, getting both partners sort of even more riled up. What do you think? I like
1: what they said, though, here. I feel criticized. Or, hey, that made me feel a little criticized. Do you think, is there another way that you could put that that perhaps isn't
0: so critical? (laughs) Yeah, or or you can even say, even not even make it about their actions, just be like, ooh, I'm noticing that I'm feeling sort of defensive about this. Do you think you could put this in another way? Or you don't even have to make that request. You could just be like, mm, I'm feeling kind of defensive about this.
1: Yeah, and perhaps they will put it in a different way Mm -hmm. after they hear that you have felt defensive in
2: that way. Yeah, you know what, though? I think that as I'm thinking about it more, I think that second part of the can you rephrase that or could you say it another way I think there's a key there because if it's just "Mm, that sounded like criticism just sounds like I'm shooting down the way that you said that thing to me. But if it is, you know, I'm reacting defensive to that or I feel criticized by that. Can you rephrase it still puts it back on? I do want to understand and I want to hear and listen Hmm. to you. So I I do think that's sort of a key part. And it makes a lot of sense to keep it from just being a type of switch tracking of, mm, that just sounds like criticism, or, oh, you just used an always-or-never statement, right, to just kind of derail everything to be about something else.
1: Yeah, so the next one is going to be getting meta, which we enjoy doing here on the Multiamory <laughs> podcast. So meta. Yeah, tri-verse, exactly. Triforce of communication is all about meta-communicating, uh, but this is sort of assessing the conflict that the two of you have as fairly as possible. So being aware of when the two of you are starting to stray off topic, try to gain some perspective. Uh, So here's some examples of how to do that. It sounds like there are things that are important to me that you didn't notice. And there are things that are important to you that I haven't been noticing. I
2: like that one. Yeah, kind of stepping outside of it and just sort of stating, "Okay, this is where we're starting from. Yeah. Makes it feel like we could fix it.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's it, and it's only really a repair attempt if you're truly making an effort to be objective and as possible and as fair as mm-hmm. possible. So if the way that you get meta and kind of some of the conflict is like, well, sounds like you're an immature baby and <laughs> I want you to grow up like that doesn't count as a repair attempt. <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> right. if you're acknowledging like the part that maybe you had in the issue at hand in addition to theirs. Mm -hmm. And maybe you don't even have to, like, say what they did wrong, but just be like, hey, I recognize that you're hurt in this moment and that perhaps I could have done a better job with X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Another one is, it seems like we've been
2: misunderstanding each other's intentions for a while. Yeah, this one, uh, sort of a variation on this, I've noticed that I will use... In those moments, tell me if either of you have experienced this, but that moment when you're having some kind of a disagreement or, or a heated discussion where the other person finally puts something in a way or says something where it kind of suddenly makes sense. And you go, oh, shit, like internally, it's that, mm. oh, shit, I've been doing this thing that's hurtful to them. And it's in that moment, there's this strong temptation to then defend why you've been doing it. Maybe yeah. switch your tactic to defend why you've been doing it because suddenly it makes sense. You're like, ooh, shit. Ah. And I found that in those times when I'm able to catch that moment and use this, oh, I think I now understand something that I hadn't got before that I, I didn't realize that. I know you've told me this before, but I didn't quite get it the way you just said it can I? Can you help me understand that a little bit more and then let's work together to come up with a solution or, you know, something along those lines. Uh, that just yeah. really jumped out to me when you gave that example.
1: Another example of getting meta is, I think we're getting off track and distracted. Let's go back to talking about the real issue. That's a really good one because that can happen a lot in these mm-hmm. situations and <laughs> yeah. it's good to just be like, okay, that's not what we're talking about, though. That's not what this particular argument or discussion is about. Let's get back on track.
0: Yeah. So the next category of repair attempts are what I call slow down repair attempts. So that's things like de-escalating in whatever way you can, pumping the brakes, or doing something like giving a warning, kind of like a yellow light at a traffic stop. So slowing down can be things like saying, oh, okay, I got a little carried away. Let me take that back and try again. Or, okay, hold on, let's slow down. I really want to make sure that I'm actually understanding what's going on. Or saying something like, Hey, this is a really difficult topic for me to open up about. So please give me a little patience. That's kind of what I mean by offering the warning a little bit of like, mm. Mm, if we're talking about this particular topic or this particular thing that happened or my history or this baggage or whatever, like we need to go slow through it. So again, it's, it's, you know, making this attempt to make sure your partner stays connected to you and that we're staying kind of on track with not only the direction we want to go, but also essentially the speed that we want to go in that direction.
2: Right. And so then aside from slowing down, which is what those are, it also might be appropriate to just stop for a little bit. So this is where halt or halts comes in, uh, which is if you're, if you find that you're hungry or horny or angry or lonely or tired or drunk or, Doing drugs or anything like that that's going to interfere with your ability to have a good conversation about this is take a pause, pull that rip cord, come back to this again later. So this could look something like, I need to pause this discussion. Give me 20 minutes to chill out, to cool off, whatever. Uh, or I'm feeling flooded. You could even look at your, you know, your Fitbit and be like, "Mm." I'm feeling flooded. <laughs> Give me a little bit. For I'm that a one hundred.
1: rate. Give me a second.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm at 97 right now. I'm whoa, very, whoa. Jace, Jace well, You were Jace. in the middle of a, a show. Like, that I makes guess. sense. Yeah. Adrenaline. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Or can we please stop talking about this for now? I need some time to think. I think with this category, to be careful of not well figure it out and walk out of the room as a way <laughs> to stop the conversation <laughs> that this there's an element of hey i really need this like there's an element of vulnerability to this or i really need this or can we please could we could we pause for a bit and come back i think that's a, a key distinction there between just another form of stonewalling
1: yeah the next one is finding agreement so, moving towards compromise, giving your partner the benefit of the doubt, accepting influence, things like that. Saying something like, I never thought about it that way. Or, you know what, that's that's a good point. Or, I agree with part of what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or even just, a, let's make a mutual effort to check in with each other about this. I like that one a lot, because it's sort mm-hmm. of, it's not just about that particular conversation that you're having, but maybe something else comes up again that you're like, okay, this was triggering in the past for my partner. Let's have a discussion about it in the moment and be like, Hey, how are you feeling right now about what I just said or what just happened? That's a nice way of, yeah. Trying to agree and trying to understand how they're feeling in that moment and beyond. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And again, the sooner that you can move towards just kind of like, validating your partner's point of view, yeah. you know, like saying things like, oh, okay, yeah, that is a good point. You know, I, I haven't really thought about it that way. You know, even if you don't agree with absolutely everything, even if you don't agree with absolutely every single part of how they saw it, that the faster that you can move there, the faster the two of you are going to be able to get towards actually being able to compromise and agree and find something that works for the both of you
2: moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that vein is the next category, which is appreciation and affection. So this is words of encouragement to your partner, offering affection, using their love languages, building up the connection. This is also one that can be done non-verbally as well. I mean, all of these have sort of non-verbal versions of them, which we're not talking about as much. But this could be something like, you know, reaching out to hold their hand or something to just give that moment for you to connect with each other. Uh But some examples of how you would say this would be something like giving an appreciation. You've you have been a lot better about X, Y or Z lately. Taking out the trash, doing oh, the dishes. Right. Like, I know you've been a lot better about this. It, it kind of helps give them. It's not just, well, I'm trying and it's not doing any good, you know, or I appreciate you listening to me even when I got really upset. Or it can just be understanding. like we've both been really stressed about this issue lately, or just straight up affection, kind of like the hand holding could be you know, can you hold me for a moment? Could we just reconnect? You could even be very meta about it. Can we just hug for a moment and just kind of reconnect with each other?
0: Yeah, I know that's one you've definitely used on me in the past, oh, really? I think sometimes yeah you're good yeah, at maybe that... not recently um but but yeah, I know I definitely have memories of when you've noticed that a conflict is starting to maybe spiral or go into a negative place that you've been the one to always be like, okay, hold on, pause. Like, can we just hug each other for a second? Mm, and then keep talking like about this because <laughs> it is you <laughs> it is, yeah. it's very you. And I appreciate it. And uh, speaking of the next one, next repair attempt uh, comes under the category of kind humor. So again, this is one that you have to be, careful with. But, you know, so this is things like whipping out an in-joke or silliness that's used at the appropriate time. And remember that for humor within the context of conflict to be something that is repairing and moving the two of you toward connection and toward constructive arguing, it needs to be both kind and potentially reciprocal as well. As in, it's not me laughing at you or me poking fun at you. It's we're both laughing at this or giggling at this in some way you know um there has to be no contempt or no malicious intent behind it as well this mm. is also one that jc's is on me all the time fortunately <laughs> fortunately we have like seven years of in jokes to be able to whip out that yeah. actually does help dissolve the tension, you know, I know that myself included and a lot of people end up feeling very, very resistant to humor within conflict because they feel like, oh, you're laughing at my problems or you're just trying to use humor to get us out of the conversation, you know, and trying to ignore it. Um So that's why it's also very important just to be very mindful and intentional with the humor, you know, that like well-placed silliness and playfulness and humor can really go a long way in helping to break the tension while at the same time not... Uh, trying to just scrub away the conversation. You're not just telling, trying to crack a joke to to get the two of you to stop talking about it. So, I mean, Reese, gosh, this is a new one that Jason's been <laughs> whipping out on me. Is <laughs> yeah, because Jason and I were actually literally reading the Gottman Institute textbook about. The way that they have codified repair attempts in their research studies, which is just fascinating and like way too detailed. And one of the examples, what was it? It was like, Someone was saying like, Oh, you've 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 gone sour, what's going on? or something like that. Yeah, it's something and... like
2: that. And it wasn't in the humor category. This was in a different category of just observing or connecting. And so Jace was like...
0: No well no, Jace was like, I'm gonna use that one on you and I'm like, No, you're not, because I know that if you try to tell me that I'm sour, it's gonna make me more sour. But then now that he's been whipping it out, now it's funny, of course.
2: So <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I always kinda put on my academic face too and I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. You've gone a bit sour. What happened just
0: there? (laughs) I actually, I I think it's been effective for me because it's both silly, you being silly, but also it's you being tuned into my emotions. It's like you notice. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like a good double whammy of like both being silly. And also I'm like, okay, he has noticed that I've gone sour about something (laughs) and he does care, you know? So ironically it works. So ladies and gentlemen and people and friends beyond the binary use Jace Lindgren's patented. You've gone sour whatever is the matter line and tell mm-hmm. us how that went for you <laughs> um also my partner alex he has a line he uses me on, on me all the time which is just to point out the nearest dog <laughs> Basically, it's good. Uh, yeah, you're getting pissed, like, and then he's like, "Look, a dog." Yes, <laughs> that's better. Because it did come out of a real life situation where we were walking around somewhere, and we were kind of starting to get a little like I was getting testy about something, or we were kind of getting tense about some topic, and then he was just like, "Oh, look, my babe, look, there's two dogs," and I was like, "Oh my god, they're so cute!" Oh my god! And then we walked along, and then I was like. Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> um, so now, yes, yeah, so now he just uses the the closest available dog as a repair attempt, I suppose. I, I feel like this is something the three of us do also, like when we get into arguments in work meetings or in business meetings. Yeah,
1: I yeah. think we, we know each other quite well and have also, like... <laughs> 10 to 7 to 10 years of yeah. stuff to whip out. It's like,
2: yeah, here's something fun. I don't mean, know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't recall any at the moment, but I do feel like we have a good number of these kind of inside jokes or just sort of recurring. Like I think what's handy about this when you have a lot of inside jokes is that you'll tend to have those ones that are just kind of. You can use them whenever you can just kind mm-hmm. of throw them away. They don't even have to really be related to what's going on. It's just kind of a reminder of something we all laughed about and something that we found funny. I've actually found that the three of us will often take turns in our company meetings Mm-hmm kind of whipping those out and just kind of Not lightening the, the mood a little use that particular bit particular repair. Right. Right. When we're, you know, when we're debating something, it, you know, and it's starting to get like, no, well, you don't understand. It's this way. It's got to be this way. No, it should be this other way. But those little bits of humor, I think, really do a lot to keep us diffuse the tension. Yeah. Yeah. To keep us remembering that we like each other.
0: I do. Yeah, that is important to remember sometimes. Yeah. Um, no, I do feel like not even just humor, but I do feel that like in our in our uh, little co- you know co-parenting triad of an emotional podcast baby um, relationship, that we do tend to take turns being the one to whip out the first repair attempt. I yeah. suppose and moving yeah. conflict yeah. towards something constructive.
1: That's why three is nice sometimes, because then if yeah. two people are like kind of arguing, us that the third one can be like, hey.
2: Look at the dog.
1: There's a dog. <laughs> I have a cat. Here, look yeah. at it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. So the next one uh, is I'm sorry. Mm. I say this a lot, but sometimes mm. it's the the best thing to say, as my mother would say. Like, just don't. It, it, choose which mountains you want to die on, and sometimes it's best to just say you're sorry. Uh, so taking ownership, take taking responsibility apologizing making amends any of those things saying something like i know that i t- tend to snap at you when i haven't been taking care of myself very well or like i'm i'm sorry for yelling like that let me start over that's a really good one even just if you raise your voice and and you can say hey i apologize i didn't say that as well as i wanted to let me let me try that again i or i want to do what i can do to make this topic feel safer but i'm not quite sure how that's an interesting one, like mm-hmm. apologizing for being unable in the moment to really say something or do something in a way that makes it feel safe to your partner, and hopefully they can help you in that way.
0: Yeah. Well, what I like about that particular example is that when you're taking ownership or apologizing or trying to make amends is that um, it doesn't always have to be perfect, necessarily. It can still be mm-hmm. a repair attempt. So even just this of of projecting to your partner the fact like i i am i am willing to try to make this conversation feel safer or make this thing feel better and i'm not sure how but like i want to you know that even that can be just again that little drop in the bucket that one little step that helps move the conversation to a more constructive place
2: yeah and then the last category we have here is just to be creative so it's coming kind of out of a category. It's sort of like, and here's the end of the list. Be creative. So <laughs> you all figure know, it out. <laughs> yeah, you all know what, what works best in your relationship, what works for you. If you're not sure, maybe experiment with some of these, see what works, talk to your partner about it. We've also talked before about microscripts, which are sort of having just a little phrase, maybe it's something that one person says something and it has a certain response that goes with it, or it's just kind of a set phrase that reminds you of something you've agreed upon. I think that the, the humor of the You've Gone Sour, tell me about that, also has a little element of a microscript in it. Uh, and you could do that with any of these from this episode. Say the two of you listened to this episode and you thought one of the things we said was just ridiculous. You could use that one as a haha, right? This reminds us of that episode. It's funny, <laughs> but it's also a little microscript. Share with each other, you know, what works for you? What's helpful when your partner does it? What makes you feel safer or calmer during the conflict, et cetera? Um, you can even look at past things and be like, hey, we were having a heated discussion that went pretty well. What did we do? Did we do some repair attempts in that? What might those have been? If Just get creative and, and try some things and see what works.
0: And also, this is extra important, maybe just as important as putting repair attempts into the soup that is your fight. I'm about to to really mix some metaphors here. So 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 strap in. in. I was going there, but by all means. Um, Don't forget that you have to also accept that repair attempt in some way. Like you have to catch that ball. I, I do literally think about it that way sometimes, that like when a partner... Gets vulnerable enough to be like, okay, I'm gonna try to repair this in some way by either saying I'm sorry, or by dropping in a little bit of humor, or asking, ooh, can we slow down? Things like that. That it's really, really important that you catch that ball that they've thrown at you. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's totally possible for a, a, your partner to make a repair attempt, and you can either totally miss it. Or you can not miss it, but ignore it. Or you can flat out reject it, and ultimately cause more damage. It really does take both parties, and your partner can make a good repair attempt. But if it's not caught by you, if it's not accepted, that is basically useless. It's not really moving you toward a constructive place.
2: Hmm. Yeah, that this isn't repair attempts are not just a one sided thing. It's not something that you can just do on your own. It is something that the both of you have to be involved with whether you're doing it consciously or not. This is just, that's that's how it works. And again, the Gottmans have spent a lot of time in their textbook codifying not only how you do the repair attempts, but also how you respond to them. But generally, the responses are essentially just another repair attempt or just receiving it, right? So if it is appreciation or something like that, uh, that it can be easy to resist, but if the other person appreciates you for that, that's that moment of, oh, okay, thank you. Yes, you're right. Or if you're feeling very heated and they make some sort of a joke, even if it really wasn't very funny or good, i just kind of... <laughs> giving them a pity a pity that chuckle was a nice attempt <laughs> to, <laughs> right, right yeah and, and that's and that's actually a great example Emily of they make a bad joke and your response is also a kind of so-so joke of <laughs> wow, you don't quit your day job or whatever right that it could be a way of responding in kind with with some other humor or even appreciation or being meta about okay I appreciate you trying to break the mood yeah let's take a breath or something like that.
0: And let me say that this part of this truly has been life changing for me, because I feel like for most of my life, when I thought about fights and like what made them better and uh, how to get out of them or how to resolve them, my impression was just kind of like, yeah, we both get mad and then we just like fight, 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 fight until finally maybe one of us calms down or both of us calms down and then we can finally talk about things being good. And I realized that I definitely had this really long standing habit, which still crops up sometimes of being resistant to repair attempts, you know, mm, totally. of, you know, because I'm too mad or I'm too activated or I'm too upset. And so like when my partner finally does say, you know what? Yeah, I can take responsibility for that. Or when they finally are, you know, say something like, ooh, actually, can we pause or, oh, oh, you know what, actually, I think there may be an agreement here that we can come to that, like, if I'm upset, sometimes it's very easy to want to resist it. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is sometimes our socialization as well. It's like, if we grew up seeing people around us and the relationships around us mostly doing this very intense us, me versus you kind of fighting, and we're fighting is about winning, then repair attempts are are not conducive to that, right?
1: So... Understanding and recognizing your partner's repair attempts is a skill, and them throwing repair attempts at you is also a skill. So sometimes these repair attempts are not always as like perfectly executed as we hope that they're going to be. So sometimes you might hear something from them like, you're getting off topic, we can't keep doing this, or I can't do this right now, we need to stop this conversation. And it may kind of feel like it's combative, and perhaps it is a little combative, but it is important to also recognize, hey, maybe they are trying to have some sort of repair attempt happen, like, okay, we're, we're starting to get off topic here, we need to like move back into the original conversation, let's do that. That's what they're trying to say, essentially. Or, hey, I cannot really handle this right now, this is really triggering to me or really hard for me, I need to step back from this conversation for a minute. That's an additional type of halt repair attempt. So even if you see them perhaps not executing it in the best possible fashion, it is important to recognize those repair attempts and start to take them and catch that ball and be like, okay... I see you. I see what you're doing. Even if you could
0: get better at it, but I have thank your you ball. for trying. And I I have, have your ball, ball, and we're gonna go out. we to keep going in the backyard, and we're gonna keep practicing. The, yeah, uh, the, right. The, the, yeah, the I mean,
1: relationships are practice. Like understanding yeah. each other and communication is practice. So yeah. it is true. It this is true. Another, another type of yeah. that.
0: And remember that accepting your partner's repair attempt, it doesn't automatically mean that the fight's over, or that it's resolved, or that you've lost and they've won, or that you're not going to be heard. Again, that these are just like, it's steps in the right direction. You know, they're probably isn't a singular repair attempt that's gonna be able to just completely solve the fight. Maybe there will, you know, depending on the topic of the conflict and the history there. Um but again, it's it's again it's part of this dance. It's this it's this coordination, it's this cooperation. Not a demon dance for you. And a, not a demon dance. A different an a, dance. An angel dance. <laughs> an angel dance
2: <laughs> that's,
0: that's, good. That's, a, that. that's a whole not, other episode. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be a new uh
1: inside joke now. Yeah.
0: Okay, y'all. So some ways, you know, some things that you can do now to start applying this to your life. um, When you're not in a moment of conflict with your partner or with this other person, you can take some time to write down some specific repair attempt strategies that you feel comfortable trying, you know, think about who you are when you're in conflict and when you're up in upset. And it's like, well, I don't know if I could crack a joke right then, but I could be vulnerable and disclose my feelings, or I could ask for things to slow down when I notice it's kind of spiraling. So, you know, it's it's like you can kind of sit down and get kind of analytical with yourself if you want to and start writing out specific strategies that you feel comfortable with.
2: Yeah, and listen to this episode if you can listen to it with a partner or, you know, ask your friend or your partner or whoever to also listen to this and then talk together about which of those phrases or strategies seemed like something that maybe you already do a little bit of or made sense and you like to do more or as we talked about with the Gottman's getting sour line if one of ours you think is ridiculous uh, that could become a joke one of yours right if there's lots of options or, here
0: or you could just say no to it you could just be like i know that if you trot that out in a conflict i'm gonna go up the wall so please right. don't, don't say that don't
2: do that one. yeah <laughs> And then, uh, as Emily was emphasizing that this is practice on both sides, is that also some of it might feel weird at first until you make it your own. And it's just going to become more natural as you try to do it and start using your own words and figure out how it feels real and genuine for you. And then also for people with multiple partners, or I would argue that everyone has multiple relationships because we have relationships with all the people in our lives, that different repair attempts may be more or less effective with different people. So also keep that in mind, kind of know, know your audience, I guess, or Mm -hmm. experiment. If one just completely whizzes by unnoticed or gets blocked, maybe try a different one and see, see what works.
0: Yeah. So for our bonus episode today, we're going to be talking about uh, this fascinating phenomenon of content that I found when I was doing research for this episode, which is all the places on the internet that insist that they know the single magic phrase or magic word that That's can so totally honest. stop a fight
2: Wow! It tracks. Really? It just totally yes. stops a fight.
0: Oh, so many blog posts. I I want to hear those. So many blog posts that are like, (laughs) yeah, this is the one phrase that's going to end any fight, or this is the single word that can stop that conflict in its tracks. It's all over the internet. So many blog posts. So Uh, we're going to do a little roundup of what those are. And you'll notice some of them may be a little familiar. Some of them are probably going to sound like some repair attempts. Some of them are going to be kind of wild and off the wall. Uh, But we're going to be talking about that in our bonus episode today, which is available to our Patreon subscribers. And for all of you listening, we would love to hear your thoughts about this. Is this something that you find yourself doing in conflicts with a partner? Were there things that you heard today that you recognize? Things that your partner, uh, you know, repair attempts that your partner tosses to you that you have a hard time catching or that you sometimes miss or vice versa? We would love to hear about it. The best place to share your thoughts with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group or Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and you can join our exclusive community by going to Patreon. Patreon.com multiamory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at info at multiamory.com. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Emily Matlack, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Elbalvanetta. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistants are Rachel Shenowr and Carson Collins. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from The Fractal Cave EP. Full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com.